Tuesday. Welcome to the Teal Expert Podcast. I'm Dr. Kelly Evans-Wilson, a food allergy coach and your podcast host, where we spend 10 minutes each Tuesday talking about navigating the food allergy world. So our goal is really to provide some authentic expertise and guidance to help you and whoever you love that may have food allergies. I I've been navigating this food allergy world for 19 years now. That's changed since this last week. So uh, my daughter has life-threatening food allergies. So we've been been navigating this world. I'm a researcher and I'm an educator. So as we think about um, food allergies for this week, you know, we're going to think back to when we started this season, we talked about skills that you need to have in navigating this world. Um, and some of the recent ones have, have all kind of started with the letter A. We've talked about adapting. We've talked about accepting. Uh, we've talked about the attitude that you have when you're navigating the food allergy world. So we're going to continue on that A theme today um, and talk about advocacy. We started talking about this last week, actually, when we talked about the FASTER Act, F-A-S-T-E-R, which stands for the Food Allergy Safety Treatment and Education Act of 2021. So, and it was actually introduced in the House of Representatives last week. If you kind of remember, I was all jazzed and excited. Um, that happened last Tuesday. Well, I wanted to let you know that kind of a companion bill, again, another bipartisan bill, um, was introduced in the Senate, this time by Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina and Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut. So now we've got kind of two companion bills that will work their way through, through the legislative process. Um, and just to remind you a couple of the things that the FASTER Act will do, it will actually, one of the big things is it will actually require sesame to be labeled as an allergen on packaged foods. So this would move, we always talk about the top eight food allergies. This would actually add sesame to, to that list to make it a, a, the ninth food allergen that's required um, labeling. So, and often sesame is, is not on the, is not, um, you know, listed at all because it's included in kind of natural flavors and natural spices, which makes it very difficult um, for people to know what's in those products. So again, it would add sesame to that top current top eight list, which just as a reminder, those top eight allergens are peanuts, tree nuts, milk, eggs, wheat, soy, fish, and shellfish. So the FASTER Act would add sesame to that list. And then it would also require the Secretary of Health and Human Services to really issue a report on the scientific opportunities in food allergy research that really will examine prevention, treatment, and new cures. And, and it also establishes some risk-based scientific processes and framework for really covering additional allergens under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Act. So that's the FASTER Act. So I'll kind of keep you apprised of that. But please know there are two pieces of, of legislation, one in the Senate and one in the House, that will be working through the legislative process. Um, and we're excited because it also, again, brings um, food allergies to the forefront. 
So in thinking about this advocacy idea, this concept and um, opportunity that we all have to advocate for food allergies, I wanted to talk about kind of two other pieces of legislation and how we can continue to advocate for those. Um, so the first one are 504 plans, and you may have heard these, um, but these are really written food allergy management plans that you um, or your child, that you work with your school in the K-12 world to develop a food allergy management plan. And it's called the 504 plan because it's actually under the federal civil rights law, section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. So section 504 really applies to any school that receives federal money. So that's all public schools and often many private schools as well. Again, we're talking about kind of the K-12 world and it applies to a variety of health conditions including life-threatening food allergies. So the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights lists allergies as an example of a hidden disability for the purpose of 504. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture also states in its guidance for accommodating students with dietary concerns that when a physician diagnoses a food allergy as a potentially life-threatening reaction, the child meets the definition of a disability under 504. So section 504 really allows you to create in collaboration with your school, a written management plan that outlines how the school will address the individual needs of your child, how your child will be able to participate safely and equally alongside his or her peers during the normal facets of the day. So if you're going to create a 504 plan, the first thing I would do is contact someone at your school that handles the 504 plans. They may have a specific coordinator. Oftentimes it could be a school nurse, it could be a guidance counselor, but there's somebody in your district who will be able to coordinate, um, that you'll be able to work with to coordinate this plan. They'll help you in developing a team. They are going to need to documentation. So you're gonna wanna make sure you have medical information from your allergist to provide to the school. Uh, you may also need to include whether, you're, whether your child will need epinephrine at the school. They are, you know, can carry epinephrine themselves or it needs to be in various classrooms. I know in our situation, uh, when our daughter was young, we had um, epinephrine in a variety of classrooms until she became old enough to be on a self-carry plan with her epinephrine. So those are things that you will work through um, as you kind of create these written 504 plans. And it is something that you are going to want to talk over with your school every year. You know, we know we're going to the allergists. You're maybe getting different results. Uh, schools changed, individuals at the schools change. So it's something that you want to create with them, kind of an individual health care plan to really address food allergies. So you've got 504 plans, which work when you're in the K-12 world. And then when you head to college, uh, if you head in that direction, uh, please know that 504 plans do not continue over to higher education, uh, to a higher education institution. But the ability and the requirement to meet the needs of individuals with food allergies continues because of the American with Disabilities Act that defines disability as a physical or mental impairment 
that limits one or more major life activities, such as eating. So that is where how food allergies are considered a disability. And there were really two cases in the higher education world that that address this issue. So um, in December 2012 was really the first time there was a settlement in higher education that dealt with the American with Disabilities Act. And this was reached between the Department of Justice and Lesley University. So Lesley University previously required students living on campus to participate in and pay for its meal service plan, even if students with severe allergies could not eat the food available. Um, without a risk. So under the agreement, Leslie made modifications to its meal plan to allow students uh, with food allergies to take advantage of food services. They started providing different meal options, allowed students to pre-order allergy foods that would meet their needs, and they also continued to train staff um, about food allergy issues. So that Leslie settlement in 2012 was really the first time that there had really brought this ADA definition to the forefront on college campuses. And then in July of 2016, there was another uh, complaint against Ryder University. So this was again between the Department of Justice and Ryder University, um, kind of along the same lines, failing to make reasonable modifications in policies, practices, and procedures to permit students with a disability as a result of a food allergy to fully enjoy the good services, privileges of its food service and meal plan. So then in 2016, Ryder University had to make some various uh, changes to, again, implementing many of the things that Leslie University did as well, um, you know, adding dietitians, adding training for chef, providing pre-ordering, menus, etc. So that's the the higher education side of, of our advocacy is that Lesley University Settlement and the Ryder University Settlement. And then from a real world application, we actually had the experience this year, or my daughter did, because, you know, as once they are adults, they are have learned hopefully to advocate for themselves and in this case, I do feel like she did. She, she went to her university. They're in the process of planning housing accommodations for next year. This year, she was able to have a single room um, because of the COVID restrictions. Uh, almost all students had the ability to have single rooms, um, but that is something that she feels more comfortable with having a single room. Uh, So she went ahead and reached out to the disability services coordinator at the school, set up a meeting with them, um, and walked through medical, medical documentation that we have, and the school was fabulous, you know, obviously approved her ability to have her own room, uh, she'll be able to select uh, which residence hall she wants to live in for next year. Um, you know, no questions asked and exceedingly accommodating. So, um, you know, I did. So I, I'm grateful that the school was so accommodating as they should be. But I guess I also took it as, you know, a win from the parenting side of things. You know, as parents, sometimes we don't, you know, we don't we don't know how we're doing <laughs> along the way. And so I appreciated that she, you know, took the initiative and reached out to the 
disabilities coordinator set up her meeting and is is kind of taking the ball and running with it. So, you know, that's what we want to do as parents. That's what we want to do. Um, we want to help people navigate this food allergy world, whether it's you or someone you love. That's why we're doing this. So, so my A for this week is kind of that advocacy A. You know, we've got the FASTER Act continuing to, to, to bring food allergies to the forefront. So we've got the FASTER Act, 504 plans, and then the ADA accommodations that are required to be met by higher, institution, higher education institutions for students that have food allergies. So kind of three things to, to keep in mind as you and someone you love is navigating this food allergy world. I appreciate you spending some time with me today on Tuesday, um, our 10 minutes together. I'm exceedingly grateful for. I know your time is a gift and I appreciate you spending it with me. I'm Dr. Kelly Evans-Wilson the food allergy coach and teal expert podcast host. Have a great week. I'll see you next Tuesday.